Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. This is The Walking Dead cast episode 69. Woo, 69. Sexy show. What? See, one of our one of our Facebook listeners said, 69, the sexiest of all shows. I was what? like, um, it's about zombies. I don't I don't understand that. Why would it be sexy Cause just because it's 69. 69? What is that? What does that mean? <laughs> because evidently uh, we're all in high school. <laughs> but I, I don't get it. I'm standing on my head, by the way. <laughs> so anyways, um, <laughs> if you, um, I thought I'd start out this um, episode by begging for reviews. So um, if you've been listening and liking what we're doing in the off season, then we'd appreciate if you'd go leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. Your hair is too long. That my review <laughs> on iTunes. Oh, you didn't want to me to review iTunes. you? Yeah, go on iTunes and say, Jason's hair is too long. Love, Karen. <laughs> One star. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Because um, uh, that way, if we get reviews and stuff, um, then it helps us get more noticed. And then when I go to get try to get interviews from the cast and crew, it's easier to do that. So really, it's for your own good. <clears throat> Yeah, it's for your own good. And it's free. Um, so this is our special zombie-themed episode. That's weird. <laughs> we don't usually do that. For lately. Once. Yeah, not lately. Um, so we'll have news about The Walking Dead, which is a really good zombie show. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to talk about what it's like to be on The Walking Dead, because I was a zombie in the finale last year of season two. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk all about that and answer questions that some of you guys have uh, posted on our Facebook page. Then we've uh, got an interview with another one of the zombie players, Sonia Thompson, who is actually somewhat of a professional zombie. So we'll hear <laughs> from her. She was also in uh, uh, Zombieland, one of our favorites. Yep. <clears throat> then we'll do your listener moans, groans, and grunts, news from Lake Zombiegon. And then we have a, um, a new little segment here from uh, our longtime listener Jaden Walker who has uh, given us some great music that we play in the interlude sometimes and he he uh, gave us a segment about the comic and uh, we might have him back to do more of that depending on what you guys think about it so stay tuned for all that we'll start with news about the walking dead um I have a new intro song for the news want to hear it yeah I do okay here it goes Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I would feel so free. <laughs> oh my God. You like it? Stop. Stop. Okay. I don't know who Back the hell the that is, but board. I don't like her voice. <laughs> I can't find a good one. There's a reason I don't sing. God. Okay. I don't know who did that. Stop her. Stop her. So, first item The Walking Dead social game launched on Facebook yesterday, August 9th. Um, I read a bit about it. I guess a lot of it fills in the gaps between the episodes of the TV show. Personally, I hate Facebook games. Oh, really? Well, you're Why? not that much into Facebook, but if you get into Facebook, especially uh-huh. a couple of years ago, for some reason it seems to have tapered off. But. 
you start getting asked like Farmville is one of the biggest games. Yeah. You get asked, can you please like contribute to so-and-so's farm? And um, I, yeah. you're supposed to go in there and like farm for them or something. Right. I never I've, did heard, it, but I've heard about this. I just kept getting asked to, to help with people's farms until I hit the ignore anything having to do with farms button or whatever it was. <laughs> and then there was mafia stuff. You're asking to like go kill somebody in the mafia or something like that. And so, um, I, I imagine in this one you're gonna have to like go get I don't know yeah. find a zombie weapons or I don't know right don't know. if I'm wrong and it's great and you guys you guys have played it please correct me and let us know how it is <clears throat> but don't ask me to help you with it <laughs> <Facebook>. <laughs> maybe it's awesome I don't know <clears throat> uh, so we found out the second season of Walking Dead arrives on Blu-ray. And DVD on August 28th or 7th. I've read two different things, but it's coming up. And I ordered my copy. Did you see? I posted something on Facebook. Yeah. Are you going to talk about that? Uh, I, I was going to mention it. What is it now? It's, it's a special video on the Blu-ray. Yeah. And I think it's called something like Ink, The Ink Comes to Life. And it's um, uh, just a cool um, uh, juxtaposition of the, the comic and the TV series. Yeah. Like this show pages of the comic but one panel will be a, a video of that a similar sequence that happened in the show yeah and then you've got kirkman talking about the differences th- throughout that and pretty segment. cool little extra <clears throat> that should be really mm-hmm. nice i'm uh i'm glad you ordered that because i'm gonna borrow it <laughs> and they have yeah it sounds like they got a lot of good extras um they have audio commentaries of course web is webisodes and featurettes and things like that so I'm I'm excited to get it. Um, they're one of the delete. They have a bunch of deleted scenes too, and we've heard that they had this whole segment filmed, but because of whatever happened with Darabont and botched footage at the beginning of the season, they left out a bunch of it. But they're going to show some of it on the Blu-ray. Where oh, I think yeah. they go back where the Vatos were and see the zombie Vatos or something like that. Right, sure. right. I tried to watch a little bit, and um, something was screwy with it. But um, yeah, I saw that they have the little scenes out there. It's yeah. great. Uh, Collider.com interviewed Robert Kirkman and they asked, what's the budget for season three? And he said, I think you might see a few more dollars on the screen in the third season. It's going to be bigger. So that's cool. Good. I hope that's true. Great. That's mm-hmm. really good news. I mean, from what we've seen, the the photographs that we've seen, there's, it looks like there's more money up on the screen and, and more zombies and things. So a stupidly cool. successful series. Uh, it would be ridiculous for them not to spend money on it. Yep. I agree. And then also at Collider.com, they interviewed Glenn Mazzara, showrunner Glenn Mazzara. And, you know, as usual, he says the pace of the uh, of the show is is fast. He says the pace of the last two episodes from season two is our jumping off point, And I'll even say we accelerate after that. Then they ask, how do you maintain that acceleration? He says, you have a lot of story. I was a writer on The Shield, and I think we packed a lot of story and we moved things up and didn't really save our or build things just kept the train moving. We just have some really talented writers. We also have great source material that we've been able to use as much as we want. It's packed. We're really, I'm really happy with what we're doing. Yay. Yay. So Good. that's different from what we've seen before. I think if only you'd read that in a really thick Boston accent. <laughs> I can't, I lived in Boston for a couple of years and I it couldn't even fake the accent after that. I guess I'm too old to learn stuff like that. <clears throat> we just went and looked at a, um, I might cut this part out, but we looked at a, a 
preschool for uh-huh. Nico, you know, oh, even yeah. though it's a year early. Yeah. And because we might send him to a Chinese immersion. <gasps> That's a great idea. And they said, uh, I asked how long it would take before he would start to understand Chinese. Mm-hmm. And she said three months. He's going to wow. know more Chinese than I do in three months. He's going to wow. under, start understanding it. I thought that was amazing. That Little kids am- can learn languages so fast. That is amazing. Does um, <laughs> does Jenny speak um, Mandarin a and little. Cantonese? A little Mandarin. Yeah. yeah. She she says, she she's really downplays it, but we were in China and she really got us around there. She can chat with, uh, she and uh, Nico can chat together and I talk know. about you behind your back. I'm going to have to take awesome. a class or something. <laughs> Um, it's going to take me a lot longer than three months though. I asked them, I, I said, is, you know, do you like it when the parents learn too? And she goes, Oh, you don't have to, she goes, your, your kids will teach you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Back to this interview. So okay, they asked, has, has it surprised you how not only the country, but the world has embraced the show? It's particularly surprising since horror isn't usually topping the charts. He says, no, but it's interesting because there are very few horror shows where you have a long-running arc. Most horror shows play a sort of an anthology. Buffy, a terrific show, had the Demon of the Week. Twilight Zone, X-Files, these things had an anthology approach. Our show is a long-running drama with the same creature every week. But not the same creature. It's the same kind of creature. But it's not the same creature. They yeah, same kind. That's what he means. Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of an anthology in that you know there's there's different zombies to contend with. There's you know there's yeah. uh, you know well zombie presented as, uh, in one show in its own. Um, On Buffy, did they have? I mean, didn't they have? They actually did have arcs of different. But um, I mean, they characters. had. It was mostly vampires, but they had other kinds of demons. Yes. Demons and vampires. That was basically it, right? Mm-hmm. But the demons looked really different or something. Yeah. Well, they had all kinds of different kinds okay, of yeah. demons depending on where. And, and you know what? And then each That's season point, would, would feature a different. Every season they had sort of a different one. And and they had a whole like arc arch enemy. throughout this. The, yeah, yeah. Some sort of problem throughout the entire season. So Right. Yeah. They did have that. Yeah. Um, and X-Files, too, it had its overarching mythology, mm-hmm. um, but it really had different kinds of threats each, Absolutely. each week, uh, much more than just like a slightly different looking zombie, you know? Right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And he's, they ask, how do you stop f- that from getting repetitive? He says, you really have to do your job as a writer and push people to be as creative as possible. What's nice about the TV medium is you have such a connection to the characters that when somebody dies, the audience cries. They really feel it. You really don't cry when someone dies in a horror movie. You kind of root for it. <laughs> um, I guess that's true. I can't think of a horror movie that I uh, cried when a character died. When a character died, Can yeah. I? I mean, yeah, I think mostly for me, it's like I'm more th- putting myself in that position and I'm scared almost for myself or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's not yeah, necessarily about being attached. Sometimes you're like, oh, I liked him, but it's not like... You know, oh, my God, they killed Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be back. Um, Next item, quote, Kirkman is a proud liar and a fraudster who freely admits he has no qualms misrepresenting material facts in order to consummate business transactions, end quote, is how the new language in the lawsuit against Robert Kirkman, co-creator of The Walking Dead, on behalf of Tony Moore, the other co-creator of The Walking Dead, reads. Oh, no. (laughs) It's escalating. This is from bleedingcool.com, by the way. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. It says, filed Tuesday in Los Angeles, Moore seeks a 
declaratory judgment that he is the co-author of The Walking Dead with all the legal rights that would carry within the continuing court case against Kirkman. Moore states that Kirkman is denying his role in this fashion as part of the case. Continues not to hold back through the suit that alleges that Kirkman engineered a deal with Moore to assign his share in The Walking Dead to Kirkman to assure a TV show deal, but that this was never contingent on that, and that even on the basis of that deal, Moore still hasn't been paid correctly, and he's unable to independently verify the figures. Um, It's also alleged that although the proofs of the comic listed The Walking Dead as being copyright to both Moore and Kirkman, only Kirkman's name was printed on the final version, and that The Walking Dead and other works created with Kirkman were just that, co-creations with each partner contributing and working with each other. So, I don't know. That's weird. So, Tony Moore, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the uh, original artist. Yep. And and the way that it was, Kirkman was a writer, and then he'd give it to uh, Tony Moore, and Tony Moore would would ink it, right? Um, sort of. Uh, the way it works is the, typically um, Kirkman writes the plots out, uh-huh. and and I maybe this some sometimes they write the words that the characters say. Sometimes they, they wait and do that later. But then, yeah, they give it to the the penciler. Not inker. So he then Tony Moore would draw it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they give it to somebody else who would put the inks on there called the inker. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, that's how it works. So then they give it back to Kirkman. And I think that sometimes then he would write the words in right. afterwards. Oh. But anyway, yeah. So one person, basically, comics, even though they have um, the letterer who draws the letters mm-hmm. colorers a different person who wow. write, does the except walking dead is black and white but they still have a sp- certain person who does all the gray tones uh-huh. that's all his only job but even though there are several people that do a comic it's basically considered the writer and the penciler are the two main creative forces oh. and sometimes when the comic industry changes like it used to be the the artists were considered the top people Oh, like the superstars. But lately, the writers have tended to be considered slightly more important, I guess. Yeah. But they're about equal, you know, usually. Kirkman comes up with the stories, though, right? Yes. Um, But see, sometimes the uh, writer or the artist collaborates like they'll draw something slightly different or they'll 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 call and ask, hey, I think it would work better if we do it this way. Right. You know, plus they also decide how everybody looks. So that's something, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but most of the plotting and the storytelling is done by the writer usually. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I hope that gets settled um, quickly. Well, like in the early days of Marvel, Stan Lee would write really vague plots, just like a few lines per page. And then Jack Kirby would flesh it all out. So he did a lot more of the storytelling work. So depending on what kind of writer, like Alan Moore, on the other hand, who did Watchmen, he would write pages and pages of, of text just for each, like a page for one little panel, you know, just wow. describing every little detail. Yeah. So it just depends. Right. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's it for the news. Let's move on. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about, uh, what it was like to be a zombie. I thought we'd start just, I'll answer the questions that you guys wrote in and then maybe I'll say a little more, but uh, just so you know, I went out to Georgia last year, 2011 in November and spent four nights and like 12 to 14 hour nights on set and um, filmed 
scenes that appeared in the very first part of the finale where all the zombies attacked the barn or, and the farm. Okay, so the, we put it out to the listeners and we said, uh, anybody have any questions for Jason? So I'm going to go ahead and read uh, the questions and tell you who sent them in. So the first one comes from Nick. He says, where can you see you in the episode you were in? Well, so it was that episode, the, the episode 13, Beside the Dying Fire. And um, I can spot myself in about five or six different locations. In fact, it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll say, oh, there I am in the corner. You know, I could barely, you would never know unless unless you, you were there and knew. And then, like, Andrea runs around to the other side of the house, and I'm like, oh, there I am, too. <laughs> like, Zippy the zombie. Um, but uh, the main part where you can really see is when uh, Rick and um, Carl are climbing down off of the RV, and there's a bunch of zombies reaching for them from the barn. And I'm the one that's closest to getting Rick and Carl, and I kind of have these, like, raccoon-looking eyes, and I'm, like, reaching out like a mummy or something. Tall, curly hair zombie. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and... Like, it's on the the picture. The still from that is on the front of our uh, web page. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can go to walkingdeadcast.com. Right, and also it was on AMC's site yeah. for a while, which is pretty I, cool. I was yeah, it was such a trip because there were like a hundred zombies on set. And several, most of them had been doing it all season long and they were grizzled veterans sort of, you know, and I was just there for this one shoot. And then I ended up being uh, for like a, a couple of weeks, the only <laughs> zombie that you could see on the, on the webpage, right, right there about ready to get Rick on the top pa- walking dead AMC page. It was pretty badass. It <laughs> was pretty awesome. <laughs> this next question comes from Natalie. Did you have any funny interactions with the other zombies? How long did it take uh, to shoot your scene? It took forever. Like there was a lot of waiting. We'd go out to the set and and just hang out, you know, stand in the field in formation and just bullshit with each other. And uh, <laughs> and then they'd shoot for like, you know, 30 seconds and then you get back in place and wait. Or you'd go on a bus and wait and wait and wait and wait. <laughs> so it was mostly waiting, but it was 12 to 14 hour nights. Actually, the funniest thing was it was kind of cold, especially on the last night. It was, uh, it was I think, below freezing. Oh, my God. And so they had all these Snuggies. Like that you wear over uh, like a wearable blanket and they'd bring them out in this cart and all the zombies would you'd look around and see all these different like brightly colored snuggies (laughs) that they'd be wrapped up in kind of shivering and then they'd come out and you know with the they call the snuggie buggy and you'd throw them all in there and they'd take them off and then you'd act all (laughs) freezing Mm -hmm. the snuggie buggy (laughs) tom says i'd like to know what the process was to get made up uh, they've briefly shown it, but they say that every zombie is different. So I'd like to hear about what you personally went through. Yeah. So uh, as they've shown, there's a few different levels of zombie makeup and the top level is called the heroes and they have prosthetics and they go into a trailer and they, t- I think they take like three to six hours or something. I was always second level. They, they call us mid ground. And you you get um, the like aerosol makeup treatment, and so there's this warehouse full of zombies, and they're all in a line, and and just like like a, I felt like I was in a car painting factory or something. You know, you get sprayed down level one spray, then you move on to the next <laughs> painter, and they splatter stuff on your face, and then you move to the next one. But the whole process once they get started just takes like 15 minutes or less. 15 oh no, minutes, kidding! I'd say. Yeah, really quick. Yeah, they got it line. down. Yeah, they really got it down. How many, really talented. How many extras do you think there were that, uh, in general, when you were filming? I think about a hundred. Oh my god, that's 
It's crazy. Uh, Susan says, uh, did you get to meet any other of the regular cast? How did you get the part? Did you get into the role enough to be creeped out uh, being surrounded by so many other zombies? Uh, I didn't get to meet any of the other cast. It was it was weird because I had interviewed most of them already. Yeah, and right. They I were know. very close. Like you know, I I was very close. I was inches away from them several times, like outside a car window, banging, and Lori's inside, and I'm you know in my zombie like mood, going, I I really want to eat her, <laughs> but I, you know, I couldn't like say, hey, I already talked to you, you know. Hey, do you remember us <laughs> from uh, the Walking like, Dead cast? Yeah, or I was banging on the hood, and Glenn and Maggie are sitting there, and then they'd say cut, and then because we'd be all like on the hood, all growling, and rah, then they'd say cut, and then we'd be all like just standing there, <laughs> and oh, we'd, like wave at them and <laughs> wave back. So Maggie, she'd like uh, look over at us and and go really mean guys you know (laughs) she really wanted us to uh how did i get the part i i um one of our listeners uh hooked me up with it did you get into the role enough to get creeped out being surrounded by so many other zombies um totally i mean i had to remind myself sometimes because i love when i put myself into that position and really appreciate it. And because we were sitting around kind of shooting the shit a lot, sometimes I would just like stop talking and kind of look around and see all these zombies spread out over the field and go, what if this was real? And then I'd get creep myself out, you know, <laughs> you have a vivid imagination. <laughs> it was cool. Jason's neighborhood of make believe. The creepiest was definitely when, um, the barn was on fire uh-huh. and uh, we were all like walking up over um, taking the farmhouse and I turned around after I got up because I was one of the front zombies and I saw everybody else walking up kind of a hill and I'm like, first of all, appreciating, wow, I haven't really, this is the last night of the four day shoot and I haven't really appreciated how great people's zombie walks were and they were all different, you know? And I'm like, this is scary. <laughs> like creaky and creepy and some are fast and some were slower. And that was creepy. <laughs> Daniel son says, uh, did you get any zombie training? Um, no, I don't know why I didn't. I think they kind of assumed that everybody who was there had already had their zombie training, but, um, Sonia, who you'll hear me interview later in this podcast, she is a zombie pro and I asked her for some tips and she was awesome. So, you know, we'd ask each other for help. I can't wait to hear what she says. Uh, Greasy Lou says, how many days or nights did you work? Four nights. And was it tough working night shoots? A little, but I mean, you know, even though Nico was very young, like three months old at that point, and I had been getting very little sleep, this was the least less least sleep I had ever probably gotten in in a four day period, like a few hours a night or a day. And but I was so excited to do it that it was fine, you know, and I did take a few cat naps on the bus over the, those nights, but it wasn't too hard just because I was so stoked to be there. I bet you were tired when you came back to California. Yeah, I was. <laughs> was it tough? Uh, sorry. Uh, did you like your zombie costume? Totally. I I picked that out when I first got there and they took me into a room and they had just a shitload of zombied up outfits of all different kinds. And she actually didn't pick it. The woman picked it for me, but it looked like a kind of a 
a regular old dude, what a, what a like a stoner dude would be wearing. Yeah. And I think I have like a stoner vibe. So I'm not a stoner, but I have a stoner vibe, I've been told. So she picked it out for me. But it looked like something that one of the zombies in my favorite video game, Resident Evil, would be wearing. And yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm a zombie just like that. So I, I was stoked. I was very happy with my costume. <laughs> do the hero zombies look as scary and cool in person as they do on the television screen? Um, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like anything, if you're that close up, um, you can, but you know what? They look damn cool. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's just like when you see a guy and he looks all scary in his scary makeup and then you hear it from underneath. Oh, hey dude. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of takes away from it just a little bit. You, so you actually saw people with the prosthetics. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just hang, wow. you know, cause they were all like. Yeah. Like if there was a crowd, usually one or two of those would be in front closer to the camera. Right. And then we'd be behind. God, <laughs> so great. They, you know, people with prosthetics on their faces, um, they must uh, have a hard time drinking and eating. Oh, man. I, I, I felt sorry for some of those guys, depending on where the prosthetic is. Right. Like the ones, yeah, that cover your mouth. Oh, my God. How do you do that? Did you get to see your work with Greg Nicotero? I saw Greg Nicotero and I didn't work with him, but I, every time like in the zombie break area, every time he would come in, I, I noticed the zombies would kind of perk up a little bit cause they would want him to pick them as heroes. And they're like, notice me, notice me. <laughs> I did too. I totally did. Mike writes, does it give a new context to any of the Walking Dead episodes or zombie movies you might've seen since then? Well, I, I, I you know, I, I did that in Georgia and they were on the episode of the well zombie when they were filming yeah. the finale. Yeah. So it was such a trip because we did a podcast over that time remote. Yes. I was remotely. Right. So here I am doing a podcast and I'm in Atlanta looking at these buildings and I see Atlanta get blown up in that well zombie episode. And then I'm watching the next episode and I see this farmhouse that I was just at a couple of days ago. So watching the rest of The Walking Dead, I'm like, yep, I've been in that spot right there where Glenn is standing That's or whatever. Weird. <laughs> So, yeah, totally. Like, I, I just felt like I'd been inside my TV. <laughs> how, how far away was the farm from Atlanta? Uh, it was, I don't know. It was, I think it, I think it's a, an hour or two, but I didn't stay in Atlanta. Um, I stayed in Sonoy or clo- very close to Sonoy. So you stayed near the set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a and hotel, it, yeah. Because I didn't have time to do anything but sleep during the right. day. Right. Right. Wow, Jenny is a hero. Yeah, she totally is because she took care of Nico the whole time. (laughs) And stayed in in, um, uh, a remote, and didn't even stay in Atlanta. I was thinking, well, you know, Atlanta, she at least got to see Atlanta. No, she drove around with Nico elsewhere. Oh, did she? Okay. She went all over Georgia. Good. Yeah. Good for her. Um, John writes, why didn't they put any makeup on you? because I already looked fat enough. They, they decided they just needed to help fix me up a little so I didn't look so bad. He's very handsome, listeners. <laughs> they need a lot of makeup. Brittany writes, uh, will you pursue any other zombie roles in the future? Yes, I will try. <laughs> oh, but Gracie Lou said, uh, she noted after the first day, they didn't need to. Jason didn't manage to wash it off very well. And that's true. Like, I, Really? They'd be um, standing around trying to get all the makeup off all the zombies at night after we were done or in the morning around this table scrubbing 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 and they had all the shaving cream that you put on you i guess that helps get it off Ew. but it's hard you know it's really you have to scrub really hard and then i guess i didn't do a good enough job because i noticed when i got back to the hotel (laughs) that i had like all this blood coming out of my ear and i go into the mcdonald's and they're kind of like looking at me (laughs) just give me a breakfast 
Just Mac or whatever. A chocolate shake, please. <laughs> Super excited. Um, Sandra says, uh, was it as much fun as you thought it would be? It, it was a lot of fun and I loved it. It was one of the peak experiences of my life, I'd say. I think if I had to do that all season, it the novelty would wear off maybe. I don't yeah. know because it was hard. Yeah. You know? No, I've heard being an extra is... Not, it's hard, as, yeah. Yeah, not... There's definitely some downsides about being an extra too. Maybe I'll talk about that if we don't get a question about it. Kevin writes, uh, do the zombies do their own moaning on the soundtrack or is it added in post? Uh, I believe it's all added in. So none of your moans, groans, or grunts got in? They didn't tell any of us to moan or grunt or anything. Uh, I remember when we were all trying to get into the Hyundai to eat Glenn and Maggie. We were all reaching for the window and everybody started going. And I think just to get into it. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Justin writes, how much interaction did you get with the with the actors? Very little. I mean, sometimes some of the actors were real nice, like uh, Andrew Lincoln, especially he'd like he had his gun and he'd be up on top of the barn. And in between takes, he'd like fake point the gun at us and kind of <laughs> wink. <laughs> you know? or, and one time uh, he was like, you have to have um, special uh, uh, little like earplugs in when they fire guns nearby. So you don't uh-huh. get your eardrums blown out. Right. And he's like, hey, these zombies over here get earplugs. And we hadn't. And um so he's just really nice about taking care of us, you know. It's really nice. So that's really cool. But I didn't have any one-on-one interaction with the actors, really. <clears throat> so- oh, except when I was, like, going to get Herschel and he had his shotgun and he was firing, you know, and I was supposed to be the last one that he shot and he had to reload it and I was getting close to him and he goes... Slow down. (laughs) I I had to slow down. (laughs) Some listener named Karen says, having now been a zombie uh, and as a human pursued by zombies down at the Walking Dead Escape, which do you like better? Oh, being a zombie on the show. Really? Totally, yeah. So if you had to choose between being a zombie and being pursued by zombies, you'd pick being a zombie? Uh, if I had to choose between being a zombie on the show and being pursued by zombies in a theme park kind of thing, I would be on the show. On the show. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, but as far as, I mean, I actually, yeah, it's hard to to say. Like if I had to choose between, let's say, being uh, just some character on the show that's not a zombie yeah, yeah. versus being a zombie in The Walking Dead Escape, I'd probably want to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. Makes <laughs> it's sense. all about the show. Okay, Gene writes, uh, did you get paid and how much? I did, not very much. I don't even remember how much, but I would have done it for free. And it was a huge thrill to get a check for being a zombie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did it say something about on the check about... Yeah, it's Walking Dead and Don't cash it, dude. <laughs> I uh, kept the stub. Good. Evan writes, uh, I think you clearly had an opportunity to bring one of the Grimes over... Uh, to the walker's way of death. <laughs> I know it was not uh, it was not in the script to do so, but what direction were you given for the scene and who gave those directions? Did you consider for a second you could snag Carl real quick and create your own plot twist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they told us, you know, we were like trying to get into the barn. I can't remember who was in there. I guess it was just because it was on fire and we were attracted to that or something. I don't remember. And then we'd hear um, Rick's gunshots 
or or I think that's what it was. We heard something that made us turn around and see that Carl and Rick were coming off of the thing, and then we were supposed to kind of like notice it, and go huh, and then start go, oh, there's food, you know. Yeah. So then we go over and try to get them, but um, they just wanted it to look cool by with us all reaching their hands out out, right. reaching our hands out, and and I could tell I I knew it was going to be in because they they were like that looks cool you guys like they're really happy about it you never knew whether any shot was going to actually work out or whether you were going to get to be in it but they there was some buzz energy around that shot so um but yes i thought i could just lean forward a little bit more and totally grab carl (laughs) i had this whole little fantasy where i did that and they're like cut and they're like get this guy out of there (laughs) that's what would have happened get the fake blood off of carl (laughs) Jana Lee writes in, did you get to keep or take any part of your costume or other souvenir from your time on the set? Did you pull out your phone and take any pictures or video of anything? Um, I did not get to keep anything and we were not supposed to take any pictures and I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Evan writes, from a zombie extra perspective, how choreographed was the finale? I think I know one scene uh, that you were really in, but were uh, there other scenes that you were a shambling part of as well? It was highly choreographed. They place all of us very deliberately. And um, yeah, I was in, like I say, a bunch of different places. And if you're really eagle-eyed, you might be able to spot me in one or two others. But I I, I spotted myself in like six or seven and a couple of those. There's no way you'd know because I was just a little black dot. But a really well, uh, a really amazingly acted little black dot. <laughs> Alexandra writes, any brains for lunch or just raw woodchuck? <laughs> the catering was really great, as um, uh, Chandler Riggs told us. He was right. Good food. And, you know, it's funny uh, because I, I want to add this question, too. This is a question I asked Jason right after he came back. And I said, OK, so you're all sitting around the canteen. And are you mixing it up with the other actors or are the zombies sitting in one side and the and the uh non-zombies sitting on the other it's all zombies are all sequestered <laughs> really yeah. they're all corralled yeah basically yeah god it and must be hilarious. I, i'll go ahead and talk about this now i felt i i got a taste of I, what i sense is a thing in hollywood where it's very hierarchical and if you've made it then you get to treat everyone else below you as below you. And, you know, whether you do or not is your prerogative. But that I felt that like we were the peons, you know, we were to be to speak only when spoken to. And all, not only that, but all the extras, like most of them are actors and they really want to make it. So they're a lot of them anyway, are really wanting to be on camera. And so was I. But for a zombie thing, that's kind of fitting because the zombies really want to get up and eat the person and the extras are really wanting to get up into the camera so you don't have to act it's it's like a similar kind of desperation yeah <laughs> but um we were herded around like zombies and stuff like that Aww. but given so, good food that did not contain woodchuck yeah except when i went to um get our manager told us uh, we can go to the catering truck today. And so I went over there and I started to order something and they, they said, are you an extra? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, you can only have the hamburgers over there. And I was like, oh, and, and then he goes, um, sorry about that. And then as he was walking away with his buddy, he goes, actually, I'm not sorry. I'm <gasps> like, I can still hear you. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm, a zombie man. I'm not deaf. Yeah, it's like, whatever. But I just feel like that's a, a Hollywood thing. I don't know, but. Wow. Uh, and I also heard from the other extras that this was one, their favorite job. 
and that it, the extras get treated better on the walking dead than any show they've ever been on. And, um, and I thought it was really cool that maybe this is the only time where as an extra, you get to be the arch villain of the show. You yeah. Know, you get really good stuff to do rather than just be hanging around in the background. And let's face it, fans of the show, they love to see the zombies. Hell yeah. That's what it's all about. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had a little twinge of, oh, I don't like being treated as if I'm you know, below, but mostly I was just thrilled and felt privileged to be there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, I know, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Jarrell says, if you were shot, who were you shot by? Uh, there's one great part where I get shot in the head by uh, Herschel and it's really hard to spot unless you know where it is, but my head is centered in the flaming mouth of the barn and then it goes splat. Wow. <laughs> and, and, uh, d- did they CGI the splat? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, After. Oh, that's so good. You can actually see your head explode? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's weird. That's really it's crazy. It's very small, so yeah. you see me coming up and then and then I fall over. <laughs> wow. So you've now you you're you've been shot twice because you were shot then and you were also shot at the end of uh The Walking Dead Escape because you were <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they put like a like a blood dot on your forehead. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Daniel Sun. I'm shot when I'm a zombie. I'm shot when I'm not a zombie. <laughs> you can't win, man. <laughs> Daniel Sun says, was Karen jealous? I think so. Yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. <don't> <laughs> Hell yeah. Wouldn't God. Daniel yeah, Sun wouldn't you? I totally be? wish that you could have been there. I was thinking that a lot while I was there, too. Like, I wish Karen was here. I was so excited for mm. you. Because, I mean, it was sort of a surprise. Yes. Yeah. And, like, I uh, had no control over whether I was going to get to do it or not. I just happened to be in Georgia, and I didn't even know until the day before so if I hadn't been out there already, it wouldn't have happened. It's pretty unbelievable and, mm. and great. Mr. Blog writes, uh, did Patricia taste like chicken or pork? Dirt. Tasted like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you eating part of her clothes that were dirty? Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I was a little overzealous. You, you, I find out later, you don't actually have to eat. Eat the person. No, <laughs> you just sure, have to pretend. You sure, don't. So she she wasn't too happy about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Any um, other comments? Let's see. I, I I had a bunch of memories that I wrote down right after. Um, it was a trip to just when I first got there to see a warehouse full of zombies just casually standing around. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> a warehouse full of zombies. Getting my zombie clothes was great. Um, the aerosol makeup being sprayed on my eyes it's cool and smells like alcohol and it was actually a really pleasant sensation nice um let's see oh yeah just the constant seesaw of thinking i might be prominent in a shot and then either getting switched out or pulled or realizing the focus was elsewhere and then finally i got to be in one you know so yeah it was like i i was really um yeah trying to volunteer for everything and when all the other a lot of the other zombies at the end of the shoot were just dead tired i was still like out there volunteering for everything and and the way it would work is um you get in place for a scene and then you hear rolling and then um you hear like commotion as everybody all the equipment gets set or whatever they do on the set i don't know what they were doing and then um i'd get like all like mentally set i'd raise up my left shoulder and 
kind of get all crooked and think about my insatiable hunger. Right. And then you hear background and that's the zombies cue. Because I guess background is usually, they're called background extra, extras. So then you start shambling forward and then you hear action and that's when the actors do their thing. So that happened over and over and over again. Wow. So that was, it was just like a constant loop of that. Great. And then um, at first I was confused that they didn't, a lot of times didn't tell us what to do in a scene, but you just kind of knew you're a zombie. So you, if there's nothing to eat, you just trudge forward. And if there is, then you go after it. Right. 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 <laughs> and I did start to have this feeling like, oh my God, there's Rick. I, I want, or there's Carl, especially Carl for some reason. Like I totally want to bite his face He's off. He's a tender morsel. <laughs> of course you want to bite him. Uh, what else? The zombies aren't that complicated. Either they're standing around or they're pursuing food. That's the, pretty much it. The last night was freezing as hell and it was miserable, but we they they herded us into the bus a lot where we would all like kind of huddle up. But then when they finally lit that barn on fire, it was amazing. We're like, oh, this is so warm. Yeah, that's, that's right. I think Gracie Lewis said something like mm. um, that it was nice and warm and all the zombies actually really enjoyed it. But uh, I think in some some commentary, one of the actors was saying that they were scared for uh, the extras yeah. because the barn was burning and maybe falling to pieces. I, yeah, I guess I wasn't close enough to, to see any of that. But the heat just spread all across the... You know, all the way up to the farmhouse. So, so they really torched it. Like oh, it yeah. wasn't fake, or there's was nothing. It, I mean, it was actually torched. Yeah, the whole time we were there, there was like a controlled fire going on in the barn uh, over the four days. Oh, but then you know, on the last night, they they torched it for real. So, the whole thing. Uh, yeah, after that, they had to be done with any yeah. farm scenes. <laughs> right, <laughs> but right. that only took you know, I don't know, a, a, an hour or whatever. So it was only a small part of that. Right, last cold freezing night. Um, it was awesome to have Gracie Lou there. Like we hung out a lot and, um, you know, cause she's, she's, uh, we've gotten to Atlanta. know each other a bit on, on the show and stuff. So we were sort of geeking out over the whole experience together. Aww. So that was really cool. And we get to see Gracie Lou too. Um, I think in the show. Yeah. She's... There's a couple of scenes yeah, mm-hmm. where she's in there. I don't remember, but I know. Yeah. You, she's pretty prominent. I think she froze, she froze, um, she did a screen capture at one point and said, that blonde zombie right there, that's me. <laughs> okay, so that's it for that. Um, it feels good to have finally been able to talk about that. Um, next, we're going to talk to Sonia Thompson, who, uh, was, who's been in many episodes of The Walking Dead. She was on the cover of the Entertainment Weekly cover that had Rick with his gun and she's one of the zombies on there. She's been in a lot of the promotional material. She was also in zombie land, one of our favorite zombie movies. Yep. So uh, when we come back, we'll talk to her. Great. Okay, I'm here with Sonia Thompson. Hi, Sonia. Thanks for coming on. I totally appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. So um, I met you. Um, at, you probably don't remember me at all, but I went out and filmed uh, for four days, four nights, actually, for the finale, season two finale of The Walking Dead last year. And um, I met 
Sonia there, and I, I, you really stood out to me among the sea of zombies that were in that episode, because for a few reasons, there were you had a presence about you. Like I could feel that all the other zombies kind of had a higher level of respect for you, and that you seemed to know more of the crew members than anybody else. So I could tell that you had kind of been around on the zombie scene before, haven't you? Yes, um, I've done quite a lot of work on The Walking Dead, and I do remember you. I remember showing you a few uh, zombie moves. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I was amazed. Uh, you know, I kind of spent some time just perfecting or trying to perfect one zombie walk. And then I saw you go through a few different modes of being a zombie, and it was almost like watching a really skilled break dancer do his moves. <laughs> <laughs> how did you figure all that out, and how did you perfect that? Well, I used to be a break dancer back in the 80s. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you say that. Um, uh-huh. I, that was just my thing. I wore the parachute pants and the, the fingerless gloves, and, you know, I, you know, I thought I was way cool. But anyway, um, it, it was a, I just felt like those skills needed to be implemented to uh, make it work. But I always reached deep. You know, like I studied uh, animals, different animals, how they reacted, and, and you know, I watched different movies, and I, I don't know, I just took it to great lengths to create my zombie characters. And uh, so even in Zombieland, which was a totally different, you know, faster-paced moving zombie, it was just, I just tried to use all that and put it all together, and that's what worked for me. What's going through your head when you're playing a zombie? You know, um... Basically, I just kind of get in kind of a blank, blank state of mind. I think about where I'm going, what I'm doing, and, you know, of course, you know, the scene, what they want us to do, um, and I just concentrate on that. I mean, I, get, I take my work very seriously as an actor, and and so it just, it's just one of those things. I just kind of put that blank stare and look out into nowhere, and mm-hmm. when they stay rolling and go, that's it. I'm gone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain when I put myself, but I do put myself somewhere else, and it's very—it's a very focused place that I go. I was when I was doing it, I was kind of. Um I had two states. One was sort of, like you say, blanked out, almost stone state of mind. <laughs> and then if there was, you know, a fresh potential meal around, then I felt, yeah, more like a, like a, an Afri- an animal on the African veld or something kind of, you know, angry and hungry. Yeah. And that's what I compared to them. Uh, I studied tigers and lions. I even looked at birds, you know, how they kind of move their head around, kind of, you know, tweaking and... I don't know, it's just kind of it's kind of weird when you really study these animals closely, how they react to their food and how they're just meandering around in the in the bush, you know. And yeah, that's interesting. It's like almost like you're not playing a person, you're playing an animal. Yeah, yeah, because you're something different. You're a monster. You actually have to yeah. reach so deep inside to pull that creature out to make it come alive. I know that's always weird to say, making a zombie come to life, but you have to make it so real that you scare the pants off people. And mm-hmm. that's what I, that was my goal, was I want this to be the most believable character that these people have ever seen. And I have so many fans that approach me, and they're like, oh, my God, you you know, you you scared the shit out of me. Or, you know, sorry, I didn't know if I could cuss or not, but I just did. Yeah, you can. You can uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've had many fans approach me about my scene. They know exactly who I am, what I did on the show, what I did on Zombieland. You know, I mean, they're telling mm-hmm. me everything. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. 
you know, I never knew that somebody could critique and and uh, just praise me as well as these people have. You know, it's just incredible. It's just That's very, cool. it lights the flame up underneath me, and I just want to keep doing more and more roles to entertain and, and uh, please the public, you know. Do you want to do a lot of zombie stuff? I know you do You do other acting. Are you okay doing tons and tons of zombie stuff, or do you feel like you want to get away from that at some point? You know, I enjoy the zombie work, uh, but it's, it just depends on how much they're going to pay, you know, because uh, some of the movie production companies have been coming to town, and they've just not been paying what they need to for what you're putting into it. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and so it's like... I, I'm not going to name any production companies. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there because I, I don't want to, you know, it to get out there. But I, I just feel mm-hmm. that, you know, until I can start paying what we deserve to be pay, paid, then I don't want to put that much energy into something. Yeah. I, when I did uh, The Walking Dead, I felt like, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know where they come in on the pay scale, but I felt like a lot of the people were fans and like me I would have almost paid to be there but I imagine if you're a working actor that's not going to be the case (laughs) and it was hard it was long hours and it was hard work yeah and they went through a lot of people because of the fact that people didn't realize what all they were having to put into it they were there because they were fans of the show and not necessarily actors so this year when they put out the post that they were looking for people they said we're only wanting actors and dancers so Mm. you know that that was uh, something they should have done last year, but I don't think that they realized it was going to go as big as it did, and I think they got like 40,000 submissions last year. So you're very wow. fortunate to have been chosen to be on it. Hell yeah, I know, I know. But I, I, I mean, I really um, put everything I had into it. You know, I really wanted to do a good job. You did a good so. job. You really did. It, um, it was it was amazing. Yeah, you took, you took direction very well, and... That was the thing. Some people were just there to be there, and others were there because they yeah. wanted to make it work and look right. You know, and the ones oh, that, yeah. that made it look right are the ones that you see on the show. You know? Yep. That season finale, though, man, you couldn't see yeah. nobody. I mean, I kept looking for my daughter. <laughs> you know, my daughter, Ashley, I don't know if you remember her, but she... Yes, you know, I do, yeah. yeah. she worked those last two weeks also, and, and uh, she got shot by Daryl at the barn, and you know, I had to go back and look. I'm like, I know she just got shot somewhere. Where, where is she? You know, and so I had to rewind and look yeah, at it. It was dark. It was yeah, it was so dark. It was very dark and very <laughs> fast moving. I was looking for myself and, you know, I'd see myself in the corner of the screen a couple of times and I'm like, huh, I don't know if I'm really going to. And then there was a scene where uh, Carl and Rick were coming down off of the RV and the zombies were reaching towards him from the barn. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm right in there for about eight seconds. Good. No mistaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of my friends even called me there that didn't know I was on it. They're like, you, I saw you on The Walking Dead. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's so cool. So you mentioned that you did Zombieland too, and I just wanted to ask um, a little about that. Like, it was uh, how different was that of an experience from doing The Walking Dead? I will tell you, I enjoyed doing Zombieland so much more. Um, my my scene was really dark, and so it's like I took the guy down, and then I ate his guts and intestines and stuff, you know, which nice. you see my back at that point. But they actually cut that from the movie, and but they did put it. In, on the DVD and deleted scenes, and it's called Pitlock Bags. And uh, then I also um, helped develop the training video for Zombie Land for all the zombie actors to watch to become zombies. Oh, cool. 
and I really enjoyed working on that set. Everybody was very professional. The contact guy, he um, that put my contacts in, he had put the contacts in for Tom Cruise in an interview with a vampire. And so I thought that was really cool yeah. because I was like, okay, six degrees of separation. My yeah. eyes and Tom Cruise's eyes just came in contact. <laughs> Um, but every, every 10 minutes he was putting, you know, solution in my eyes. I dropped my eyes every 10 minutes. The wardrobe people were checking to make sure everything was okay every 10 minutes. You know, the makeup guys were doing their touch-ups every 10 minutes. I mean, every, they were on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And I even had my own little trailer, and it was a, a star wow. and all on the outside. And, and so that, that was really cool. The contacts were smaller, and... It, it was just, I went in for my scene six hours later, I'm done, I'm out of there. Wow. You know? <laughs> and I loved it. That's a lot it. different. I was like, yeah. Man, this is awesome, okay. you know? Yeah, that, I mean, that if that was me, that would make me want to do a, another zombie movie for sure. Yeah, and I think movie, that's the difference between movie and TV a lot of times. And if, if you're doing a movie and there's a cattle call, that's what I call them, when there's, yeah. there's a huge amount of people, um, uh, that is more time consuming because they got to get everybody ready and you're going to be there longer. Um, but like this, there was just me and another zombie and an actor, you know, like a person that, you know, just a regular person. Sure. I mean, all actors, but, you know, it's just a regular person that was, you know, that we attacked. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I like doing the small scenes and getting them done, going in, doing what we need to do and get out. What's been your favorite scene that you did in The Walking Dead? <laughs> it has to be, I don't know, because I really enjoy climbing on top of that tank over and over again. Cause, well, not over and over, but I'd always wanted to climb up on top of the tank because my grandfather was a sergeant in the Army. That's in the like the pilot or, or one of the first couple yeah. episodes? Yeah. yeah, and getting shot in the alley was cool, too. But I have to really say, getting out of the car... In episode four was my favorite because, um, which I really was hungry. I worked nine hours about once a day. <laughs> and so I really, that snarl was real. And Can you describe that a little bit? Like what was going on in the scene? Well, what was going on was, you know, um, I was in the backseat of a car and Glenn was coming out of that alley and he oh, stopped yeah. at the car and he woke me up. Jerk. I was kind of resting back there and all of a sudden I come out with, go after him and I actually chased him back down to the alley but that part was cut uh-huh. um, but Greg Nicotero had told us to go slow even when we were chasing mm-hmm. you know a slow paced run and so I did that and then director Michelle she was like Tanya it's too slow we need you to speed up so then I sped up and they told me I like a zombie sprinter so it was like okay so I don't know if that ever pleased them enough to keep it in or if it just didn't work you know but yeah <laughs> But that was my favorite. I enjoyed working with Stephen Young. Um, he and I became buddies after that. It's like you did. when I would chase him down. Every time I chased him down the alley, we're like doing peace signs and shaking hands and doing little secret <laughs> handshakes. And so he, he was a really great guy and a yeah. great actor, and uh, just really, really adoring. Overall, what would you say is your favorite thing about playing a zombie? Being able to scare people. Mm-hmm. Do you have a least favorite thing about it? The 16-hour days in the 98 to 100 and something degree heat, wearing <laughs> prosthetics and contacts. <laughs> <laughs> Is there um, like a place where I could send people to see a video of you doing your zombie thing? Yes, um, they can either go to professionalzombie.com 
Okay. And in that, they can either go to my my resume page. I actually have play clip next to some of my roles and stuff. Um, you can also go to my zombie page, and I have the the iconic episode four of Balto's up on there that you can watch. That has cool. me in it. That's perfect. Um, and also, I have like a photo um, YouTube photo thing gallery. It's like a little slideshow that you can click on and watch as well. So it's got some awesome. of my stuff on there. So. Pretty okay, cool. I, Facebook, you can go to Facebook, my fan page, and check that out as well. Okay, I got two more uh, things for you. One, what's the worst mistake to make around a zombie? The worst mistake to make around zombie is to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, number two, we've had everyone on the show do their zombie sounds. Would you be so kind? Yeah, absolutely. You ready for it? Let's hear it. <laughs> aggressive very aggressive <laughs> right on okay Sonia thanks a lot appreciate it that was great well thanks thanks Jason I really appreciate you having me on the show man yep good luck to you alright thank you take it easy Okay, let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. All right, this first email is from Shannon. Shannon writes, in episode 33 of your podcast, you asked for a listener review of the board game for The Walking Dead. The game can be played with one to four players, although I've never played it alone. That just seems sad. (laughs) Yeah, how do you play it with one player? You roll a die and move around the game board trying to visit all four corners of the board, which represent locations like the CGC and the police station, uh, and then make it back to home camp without being eaten by zombies. You start by choosing a character card, and this is the character you play. There are six choices. Rick, Shane, Lori, Dale... Andrea, and yes, Karen, Glenn. Each character card lists a little bio and a special ability unique to your character. For example, Shane's ability is to steal one's, uh, one weapon from anyone nearby. Glenn's ability involves scrounging for more useful weapons and being charming. I, I added that. And Lori's is completely useless. She can move forward one space. How exciting. After you, after you choose a character, each person gets two allies. If you choose both of your allies, lose, you uh, sorry, if you lose both of your allies and then lose again, you become a walker. The first two times that my brother and I played, we both died right away. We were like, whoa, this game is serious. But we played every evening for two weeks and slowly we got better and better. This is strategy. There is strategy to this game. It pays to help your fellow players survive rather than just use all of your scrounge cards for yourself because if your opponents become walkers your chances of survival plummet if you play with four players the first two to die become team walker and the remaining two become team survivor and that's when shit gets real one nitpick you can play as Lori, but not Daryl? Unacceptable. Although maybe that's because Daryl's special ability would be to constantly kick ass and win every game. All in all, it's a good game, and I can say that if you like board games and The Walking Dead, you should give this a chance. It's n- not going to feel like you're on the show, but then again, Monopoly never made me feel like Donald Trump, and Operation didn't make me feel like a surgeon. 
<laughs> Shannon, that is the best review. Thank you so much. I think you don't. I think they made this maybe before it became apparent that Daryl was going to be a big standout character, or else I, I'm sure he would have been in it. Because yeah. you know, the first few, I don't think they realized that everybody was going to fall in love with Daryl. Right, he right, was just right. Daryl's brother. Right, right. I mean, you know, and the locations of the police station and the CDC. I mean, those are really early, early season oh, yeah. one uh, locations. Yep. Thanks, Shannon. This is from Michael. I wanted to write in with a video game recommendation for you. Have you played Dead Nation on the PS3? It's a top-down arcade-style adventure-slash-shooter. Although it's more action-oriented, I would highly suggest checking it out. It does a great job creating tension, fighting off massive hordes of zombies. It throws tons of them at you, along with larger brutes similar to the Tyrant in the Resident Evil series. You also fight your way through classic horror environments in stages such as a hospital, graveyard, etc., I recently discovered your podcast and listened to all the episodes over the past few weeks. I was surprised no one recommended it so far. It's definitely one of my favorite on the PS3. So I have this game, but I've only played it a little bit. Um, My friend Rich loves it. He was on the show back when we talked about um, Evil Dead. But uh, I just... um, I want games that are more like where you're scared, you know, and this is like he said, more of an action kind of gore Mm -hmm. and it looks really good for what it is, but I also don't have any time to, I don't have time to play all the games I want to play or else I totally would play it. Like if (laughs) as a teenager, I just played whatever the hell I wanted, I would totally play it. But (laughs) there's, I, I I did a Google search for what's the scariest video game. Yeah. And this one game called amnesia kept coming up. Uh huh. And I downloaded and played, started to play the demo, and it's really scary. Really? What's scary about it? You're in this dungeon, and you um, don't know who you are, and it's very dark, and you have no weapons, and there's whispers and sounds, and the music Ooh. is really horrific, and like you'll things blur out, and, and you'll go into a, places that are so dark, and you start losing your sanity, it says, so things get blurrier, and you start seeing maybe things and screams and then you know i didn't get too far into it but they just do a really good job of setting mood right sometimes things will like your whole field of vision will like shrink or go askew and (laughs) oh that's great people a lot of people say this is the scariest game ever i i want to find the time to sit down and play it. it's called amnesia the dark descent i think there's a lot of games like that that are kind of creepy i even thought mist was kind of creepy i didn't play a lot of it was kind of yeah but that that the fact that it was really quiet mm-hmm. and kind of moody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This uh, next email, by the way, thanks Michael for writing in. This next email comes from Alex. I'm on my lunch break, and on the way home from work, I was listening to your latest cast. You mentioned something about Dish not wanting to pay money for AMC. This is not the story I read about a month ago. I heard that a company associated with AMC, a smaller channel, was put on the channel listing for, on Dish. This uh, there was a contract contract involved that this smaller channel would uh, be supplied for a guaranteed amount of time, and Dish pulled a ch- the channel before the contract was up, thus causing lawsuit. In the end, I guess Dish got a bad taste in its mouth and decided to drop all channels associated with AMC. I'm not sure if AMC was the main company or the company that owns all these channels, uh, but anyway, that's what I read. So I went and looked this up, and what's this- the answer, man? This is from Huffington Post. AMC contends that Dish executives blacked out the channels 
AMC, Wii, IFC, and Sundance to gain leverage in a $2.5 billion lawsuit that AMC filed against Dish in 2008 after Dish backed out of a contract to carry AMC affiliate, affiliate Voom HD suite of channels in 2008. AMC COO Ed Carroll told the Huffington Post that pretrial motions in the case went badly for Dish prompting the company to pressure AMC to drop the suite or accept a settlement significantly smaller than $2.5 billion. But Dish representatives said the company chose to, to stop airing the channels because AMC networks asked for a fee much higher than its relatively small viewership warrants. So the story we, we reported is what Dish representatives said, but AMC says that Dish is just doing it in retaliation for this lawsuit, which even though I just read it, I'm still kind of confused by it. Yeah, <laughs> very confused. But something about um, Dish didn't live up to some contract that had to do with AMC. Okay, this one is from Jarrell. Hey, J&K, I have a top five for you. Here are my top five favorite movies, not not of all time, but of right now. I also want to hear yours. So number five, The Strangers, one of those movies that makes me think twice before staying home alone. <laughs> Do you know that one? No, I don't. Me either. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that look one. it up, man. Number four, Jennifer's Body. This movie may be bad, but what guy doesn't want to see Megan Fox in small clothing for ninety minutes? I'm pretty sure Jason probably <laughs> agrees with me too. <laughs> I almost watched it because of that, but I heard it was so bad that I didn't watch it. Wow, and that makes his favorite. Yeah, dude, just his favorite movie. Dude, I know, dude, man. Just go straight Come to porn. On. Yeah, <laughs> really, really, yeah. Just go. Debbie does Dallas. <clears throat> Number three, Titanic. Visually enticing to see what James Cameron can do after Terminator 2 with this tragic historic tale. And I, a 16-year-old dude, actually cried at the end of the movie. I cried too. Yeah, I liked it, even though I, for some reason, think it's cheesy now. I remember liking it. I liked it too. Mm. I really did. I mean, it had the perfect, like, love story element, but, like, just... You know, the the guys got to see a big giant ship get destroyed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Something for everybody. For everybody. Number two, The Cabin in the Woods. By far the best movie of 2012. It makes me appreciate the horror genre every time I watch it by pointing out the horror movie cliches and why we have those cliches. I just can't stop watching this original, slick, sexy, funny, scary, and bold horror film. And we know he's like uh, has a really good um, taste because he also loved Jennifer's body. Jarrell, <laughs> I totally am with you now. You've completely been redeemed because I go love Jennifer's body. I now. love Kevin the Woods. Now, now I believe that uh, Jennifer's body is a fine uh, work. <laughs> That's awesome. I like Kevin the Woods too. Uh, and number one, Inception. It probably took me a while to get to the point get the point of the movie but it was visually awesome great acting likable characters and a jaw-dropping ending i've only seen bits and pieces i actually mm. haven't seen the whole thing sorry yeah you gotta watch the whole thing but what i thought about when i when i watched inception was that um philip k dick did did it so much better in his he do you know who that is he's a yeah. science fiction yeah, writer yeah, yeah, who course. always wrote books about people who just had mind fuck experiences where their whole reality was turned on its edge and often it would be like somebody's reality was turned on its edge in a way that kind of made sense like oh they're really in this virtual reality yeah. simulation and yeah. then other weird stuff would happen that didn't make any sense and it seemed like oh even this new twist is wrong and and what's really going on is nobody knows you know it's kind yeah. of like lost <laughs> yeah yeah but uh anyways i yeah i thought I, I, if you liked inception go read some philip k dick books by the way what's your favorite movie of all time 
Number one. Oh, well, I think we should do this as a top five okay. sometime. Okay. So I don't want to okay. give it away right then now. Is that right? never you mind. Because we haven't done it. I don't think we've done favorite We haven't done movies. favorite movie. We did favorite horror movies. And I we think. did favorite like book to screen adaptations. Mm-hmm. So some of it might overlap, but we've not Let's done Let's do favorite, favorite movie, movies. man. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, that's it for uh, emails. Let's move on to news from Lake ZombieCon. Woohoo! It's been a quiet week in Lake ZombieCon. Actually, not that quiet. There have been all kinds of... Oh, really? Oh, yeah, there's been all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, One of my... I'm going to read you one of my favorite shenanigans. uh, And then... Well, you know what? I'm going to start off, actually, on a game, because we were talking about games. There's a new game out, uh, and this one's adorable. I have it on my iPhone. It's called Plight of the Zombie. Have you oh, heard it? No. It's adorable. Super, Is super, super cute. Yeah, it's very, it's very uh, cute, and it's kind of simple. Um, let me see if I can find the little, um, uh, the little description. It's a light strategy cross puzzle game that puts you in the shoes of the zombie and search your warm bodies. Most of the game seems to revolve around a simple goal: turn every non-player character into a zombie. You do this by making contact with anyone you see uh, with the help of uh, these li- uh, line drawing kind of mechanic with your finger. You know, you sort of mm-hmm. you steer the zombie in the direction you want the zombie <laughs> to go. And you know, oh, pick up that brain. Go there. And it's adorable. It's super cute. And uh, it has a nice little um, song. And uh, it's supposed to be downtown Pittsburgh, which made me think of Pittsburgh. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, yeah, check it out. Plight of the Zombie. It's free in the light version, and then you can buy like a two ninety nine version, and um, and that's more technical. But I got the free version. I adored it. Uh, next, uh, there usually, is- by the way, the Sorry? light versions are either partial or they have ads. That's the difference. And the free version is the. I mean, the paid version is the exact same game, but it just has no ads. Or there were definitely ads. Yeah. 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 Uh, there is a movie coming out. Sounds like it's coming out in the end of August. At least it's coming out in Britain in the end of August. I don't know when it's coming out here exactly. I looked for it. Called Cockneys vs. Zombies. <gasps> it looks great. Did you watch the uh, yeah. trailer? Oh, my God. It's so funny. I like uh, it's Studio Canal. So right away, that makes, uh, makes me think it's going to be great. What does uh, that mean? Studio Canal is uh, the company, the film company in Britain that's done all the best movies. Oh. Like anything cool, Studio Canal. Okay. Um, and it's based in, uh, it's a, just a zombie movie based in East End of London, at, which is funny because the Olympics are all in the East End right now. And um, I'm having fun in my head imagining um, Olympians being zombies. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and the, the pole vaulting zombie. The trailer is terrific. We have it on our Facebook page. And uh, so go and um, see if you can find the trailer for Cockneys vs. Zombies. And it's <laughs> adorable. I like the whole, um, I like the Cockney rhyming um thing that they do and um they did a little bit of it in the in the trailer the undead or brown bread which means <laughs> the undead are dead uh cockneys and, rhyme yeah oh, they do like it they do like this this funny little rhyming thing so they have like uh little cool little catchphrases that mean different things okay. based on rhymes right, right, right. yeah it's pretty awesome one of the best parts of the trailer uh i'm not giving anything away but it basically shows a guy escaping from a zombie an old guy, uh, an old guy escaping <laughs> from a zombie so very, very slowly in a walker. Yeah, he has a little I walker and he's just slowly lurching. Along. And he's going, oh, zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks fantastic. So that's a movie that's coming up. Cockneys versus zombies. Next. 
Uh, remember our friend down in Miami um, who turned into a zombie and attacked a homeless guy? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. His victim finally speaks. And this was a big thing in the paper the last couple of days. Um, Miami zombie victim Ronald po- Popo speaks about attack for the first time. Right. And I'm, th- I'm intrigued. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. But wait. Popo has been hospitalized after uh, incurring a savage attack from Rudy Eugene in which he was chewed uh, in which he chewed on Popo's face in an incident that has been dubbed the Miami zombie or Causeway cannibal. Eugene was shot several times by police before succumbing to his um, to his fate. Hopefully they got a good headshot in there. And uh, Papa was left alive, but with virtually no face and a bullet in his body. But anyway, he's fine. Or a bullet? He's not, he got shot too? Yeah, he oh got shot. God. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not fine. He doesn't actually have a face. But his quote was, he attacked me, Papa said. He just uh, ripped me to ribbons. He chewed off my face. He picked out my eyeballs. Basically, that's all there is to say about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was his quote. So sad. I know. I know. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah. And um, the interesting thing, uh, I mentioned this before, but they said, oh, that guy must have been hopped up on all kinds of things. Bath salts, blah, blah, blah. But I guess supposedly the coroner's report uh, didn't show that he was on anything yeah, in particular. I read that. Right. But some people are saying that the report uh, that they don't, actually look for a lot of different things that are out there so they wouldn't have found some of the Uh, crazy things that are out there these days we'll see yeah so i know what you're thinking you're thinking how do you prepare for a guy like that who turns all zombie on you and uh, if you have a lot of cash lying around maybe you um order if you have an obscene amount of money lying around and really really hate zombies um, sure, you have an emergency kit stored away in your car or garage, and yeah, it may contain band aids, maybe some food and water <laughs> rations, and an extra flashlight. But what? A if- band aid's really helpful if your eyeball gets chewed out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, you got a patch of something. Uh, what if your uh, emergency kit is a swarm of? Um, and what if your emergency is a swarm of flesh eating zombies? For times when a fruit roll up and indestructible can of spam just won't cut it there is the zero zombie kit from optical planet for a mere twenty four thousand dollars your zero zombie extermination research and operations kit will provide all the necessary gear to combat the zombie menace as well as heroically research a cure yes really the kit includes kevlar gloves night vision and thermal goggles 400 batteries 400 batteries and a solar charger an array of scopes lasers and lights to attach to your handgun shotgun assault rifle not included gunsmithing equipment a leatherman (laughs) (laughs) knives and of course a lab set to find that cure for the rest of us for 24,000 they actually give you a lab to try to find the cure your own little CDC I'm selling paper so you can give paper cuts (laughs) $5 a sheet I think that's crazy all signed by Karen (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) sure baby I'll do that you want some paper I'll send you a paper hey we got a tweet uh, because I joked last week that the for our um, first one dead contest, mm-hmm. you'd win a date with Lissy. Yeah. And we got a tweet that had a hashtag win a date with Lissy on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I sent it to her and then she said, uh, 
you can kind of see the guy in his Twitter picture that um, he, he, he's cropped out his girlfriend right now. She's like, I think he has a girlfriend. <laughs> Episode 69, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, next, on uh, something a little more serious. Um, there is a headline, uh, Westboro Church Protesters Confronted by Zombies. Have you heard about this Westboro Church? Mm-mm. It's not good. Members of the controversial Westboro Baptist Church showed up to picket at a Seattle area military base last week, but were confronted with an unusual counter protest. Dozens of people dressed up as zombies. So these are folks, the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> I love it. They are they are the original um they are the original hate group. It's oh, okay. it, they're in, they're based out of Kansas. They hate like gay people. They hate Everybody oh, apparently okay. they even they even let me read this to you. They hate people who like have flags. Evidently, people who like love America. Okay. Eight members of the church, known for uh, frequently picketing military funerals and other events as a protest against the progression of gay rights, found themselves confronted with the counter protest uh, uh, while picketing outside the Joint Base Lewis McCord on Friday. The playful counter-protest was launched by Spanway, Washington resident Melissa Neese, and she spread the word on Facebook. So there's this great Facebook page that you can go to. Um, We wanted to turn something negative around into something people uh, could laugh and poke fun at, she said. Uh, it was the easiest way to divert attention from uh, something so hateful. So this is so cool. So she, this is her protest, and she, they get this whole thing together and sort of make light of everything and um, divert attention from the the crazies standing across the street. <laughs> and um, she says uh, uh, it, it, that it was. I mean, it it was a huge success. They had like three hundred people show up, but the website. Oh, and I'm not. I'm not making this up. I don't think I could make this up. But the Westboro Baptist Church website, uh, the quote after this protest said, uh, "When you goofy, unthankful, flag worshiping fools decided that you would declare war against the Lord and against His anointed, you put yourselves." In the crosshairs of a raging mad god, we will come to tell you a few things. To wit, it read. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm. Uh, I'm not really sure that's even grammatically correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should take a field trip and become members of that church just to see what was going on in there and infiltrate, in, infiltrate, and yeah. then dress up as zombies. Yeah, but I don't think they get the joke. I really don't think they're getting. The we joke. might go and see. Oh, they. Oh, now I get it. They have a real point, and then we'll hate people with flags. flag waving America loving yeah exactly okay last one Um, and this was kind of cool so we went from the the weird and unsettling and by the way I went on the the Westboro Baptist Church's website don't folks don't go on this website don't go there no really don't go there we won't put a link you can never you can never undo what you see and then you'll feel like you have to just take a a a, um, three hour long shower and and douse yourself with uh, denatured alcohol to get the, the stink of their website off of you. Okay, this is from the Wall Street Journal, and this was a great article um, talking about the plague behind the zombies. So we've talked about this before and sort of, you know, modern zombies and where modern zombies come from. 
But this is kind of cool. This writer, I'm not going to um, read anything from the article. It's a great article. I absolutely recommend you go there. It's um, Wall Street Journal. And the title of it is The Plague Behind the Zombies. Um, and the subtitle is The Dead Didn't Always Breed by Biting. For that, the mythmakers needed rabies. So this guy was like a rabies researcher. And he noticed that when rabies really became a big deal in the world, all of a sudden the literature surrounding vampires and um vampires in particular because that's there was lots of vampire literature like in the 1800s um all of a sudden it, the vampires turned from um simply being the undead uh and killing people to being able to ins- to spread their vampirism by biting and uh and zombies too apparently um and it was all sort of um uh, influenced because of rabies Kind of neat, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think in Night of the Living Dead, which is sort of the seminal uh, new birth of the modern zombie. Right. Did Was it explicit that being bitten is what changed you? I don't think so, because I think, you know, people were rising, rising from the grave. I think you just died. But, oh, I think the bite probably accelerated your death. That's what it was. You know what I mean? So if you got yeah. bitten by a zombie, you'd die quicker and become a zombie. But if you died anyway, you'd be a zombie. Right, exactly. <clears throat> But anyways, exactly. Kind of neat, huh? Rabies, yeah. Rabies. Zombie rabies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the news from Lake Zombie Gone, where all the women are dead, all the men are bad looking, and all the children are brain eating freaks. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Jaden's Jaden Walker's comic talk. Um, before you get started, I just want to let you know that there's tons of spoilers. So if you're not totally caught up with the comic, it's on issue 100, then you probably don't want to listen to this. Um, but if you are, it's really good. A good little analytical piece. Um, if you like it, uh, write in and let us know. We might have Jaden do a regular segment once the show starts up again about how the comic compares to the show. So write in and tell us what you thought. In the meantime, here's Jaden. Hey there, guys. This is uh, Jaden calling in. Uh, thought I would uh, give you guys a quick rundown of my take on uh, issue 100. Uh, this is going to be really spoiler heavy, so if anyone doesn't want to hear this, they may not want to listen to what I've got to say. Um, so first thing I want to touch on is the obvious uh, big bombshell that Kirkman dropped on Glenn's head. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. Glenn's Glenn's gone, and uh, in quite a gory fashion as well. Even by Walking Dead standards, this was pretty gory. Um, it, it was pretty impactful for me as well. Uh, early in the comic, I pretty solidly picked three guys as my favorite in the comic series, uh, and those being Rick, Dale, and Glenn. And uh, while we haven't seen Rick die, of course. We saw Dale go. And uh, at least when Dale went, he got to go out with a bang. He got to basically poison a whole bunch of cannibals in the process of dying. And he got to, uh, while he was angry with Rick right before he died, he got to make peace with him before he went. That didn't happen with Glenn. Glenn was taken very suddenly. Um, It was really abrupt and really hard to watch. probably didn't help that a few days before I read this issue, I saw a wonderful image on Reddit of a guy who'd broken his jaw and I got to see his gums split down the center with his teeth on separate, now individual sections. And uh, it made me cringe even worse when uh, Negan swung the bat and 
clipped uh, Glenn's jaw in half. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, the other interesting thing. Um, we finally have a villain that I think is worse than the governor. Because uh, when you sit down and think about it, the governor was, was batshit insane. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was a horrible, horrible human being. But the governor made sense with what he did. He was running a town. He was trying to give them some stability, give them distractions, vices. Um, he didn't kill Michonne when he had the chance. He tortured her beyond belief. But he said, you'll be useful to me. Not, hey, I'm, your death is going to be useful to me by intimidating everybody else. That's a whole different level right there with what Negan did by picking someone at random to murder. And uh, Negan's sitting here just running a, a band of hooligans and doing whatever they want to steal things from other people. That's all they really do. They don't ever generate their own uh, value. So he, he really kind of bothers me. And then you got to look at the, the, the weapon he's carrying around. Uh, he's got a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Now, while a baseball bat is really good in the zombie apocalypse, I mean, it's an easy-to-use weapon. You can take out a zombie, and your weapon doesn't get stuck in the zombie, like with some knives that you would have to worry about. There's also no ammo or noise to really uh, create a problem like a lot of, uh, a lot of firearms. Negan's sitting here with this baseball bat that by itself would be great, but instead he wraps it in barbed wire. And he's, uh, by, by doing that, that would then stick in a zombie if he were to use it. So he's relying on his crew to take out the dead, and he's using that on the living. Also talking about it being a vampire bat and wanting to have, uh, have blood and all that kind of stuff, zombies don't bleed. So this gives us a distinct impression he's using this only on the living, which really ups his creepiness vibe. Now, there's one more thing in episode 100 that I don't think many people noticed that really got my attention. What the hell's going on back in the town that uh, that Rick and company left? You've got uh, Andrea walking around on the fence. I mean, is she going to still be alive? We don't really know what's going on. We've got the guys at the beginning talking about how they're going to slaughter everyone in the town. So we, we've got that hanging over us. But at the same time, I noticed in Negan's crew, none of them have guns. Not a single one of them. I didn't even see any uh, any bow and arrows. They all had like clubs, knives, uh, things along these lines, just fought force weapons. So we've got one of two possible scenarios that went down, which either way are going to be awful. Either... A whole bunch of people at the town are now dead, including Andrea. Or Andrea and the people in the town shot and killed a whole bunch more of Negan's crew, which is now going to make him even angrier. Either way, this is not good. I mean, this is pretty much as bad as it's going to get. So we've got to deal with all of that going on. So what Kirkman's done with this issue, it really was pretty groundbreaking. I mean, you've killed one of the most popular characters in the series, which uh, I'm sure has 12 and 13 year old girls around the country in absolute tears right now. Um, then you've got uh, 
this new character introduced that is by far the worst villain we've had in the entire series. And then we've also got this cliffhanger of what's going on back in the town. We have no idea. And now I'm sitting here dreading the month I have to wait to find out where we go from here because this really turned things on its head. And it's yet another testament to how brilliant Kirkman's writing is. But uh, I, I really felt I needed to, to call in and definitely voice something on this. And uh, my, uh, my wife and I have been talking in great detail about how the hell are they going to handle this when they get there on the TV show if they do make it that far. Fingers crossed, of course. Um, because I don't see how they put this on television. At least not in the form it was in in the comic. I mean, this, this was major. Well, anyway, that's about all I've got to say about issue 100. I'm really curious to see uh, see how you guys took it. Um, I know, Jason, you're the only one that uh, read it so far. So what did you think, man? And uh, also at the end of the call here, I know you uh, anticipate zombie sounds. Well, I wrote a song for your podcast and used everybody else's zombie sounds. So I think I'm off the hook. Um, Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, if anyone out there wants to find me or my music, uh, I'm on Twitter at the Eternal. Uh, thanks a bunch, guys. Okay, that's our show, episode sixty-nine. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Uh, special thanks to Sonia Thompson for doing the interview, and Jaden Walken, wa- Jaden Walken, <laughs> Walken, Jaden Walker for your comic talk piece. You can find Sonia at professionalzombie.com and Jaden on Twitter at the Eternal. In the meantime, if you'd like to leave us a message, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at walkingdeadcast.com. You can go to our website and leave comments at walkingdeadcast.com. We're also on Twitter at Jason and Karen and on Facebook at facebook.com slash deadcast. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't Don't get get bit, Evan Evan Brookman. Brookman.